Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here, and I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. At 40 Strategy, we provide strategic planning, consulting to help organizations realize and achieve their dreams. Lori, basically, we help companies create strategic plans and measure the right KPIs for success. Unfortunately, what's that? That sounds great. That sounds awesome. Exactly. Exactly. And and one of the the crazy parts is only about 2% of organizations, um, sorry, most organizations only spend about 2% of their time on strategy, which is about 40 hours a year building effective strategy. I don't know about, about you, but you may have experienced that. that it's kind of crazy. It's only about 2%. Would you agree? It is. And yeah, I think because they feel like they're so busy, they don't have time. And it is one of the most important things to do. So it's kind of that catch 22. You nailed it. And it's, um, we're, we're, that is actually the number one reason why people don't do strategic planning and execute it is because they lack time. And so at 40 Strategy, your success is our passion. That's why organizations Call on us, not only would come up with strategy, but we help them facilitate their teams with proven practices. Harvard research shows that when you use the right key performance indicators, you can actually triple your success. And Lori, I don't think uh, anybody I know wouldn't want that. Would you agree? Oh, I totally agree. Yep. We're trying to get that worked in right now. That's awesome. So if anybody out there in the audience is interested, you can email us at catch at 40strategy.com or you could go to our website at 40strategy.com. And before we introduce our guests, uh, Lori Olin, we're going to uh, just do a quick shout out to Aaron Fox, the president of Oregon Manufacturing Extension Partnership and CEO. He has been a, um, a wonderful person. He's, we're, Lori and I are both on the board for OMAP, and, uh, and we've actually worked with each other for quite a long period of time, and it's really excited to have you here today, Lori. Um, and so with that, we're going to do a, a brief introduction. So Lori Olin is the president at Miles Fiberglass and composites for nearly for 10 years, uh, you've ex- where you've successfully managed the company. Miles Fiberglass has actually been around for nearly 60 years, where your father, Lowell Miles, with a $1,000 loan, torn down the barn and created a shop. Um, and, and today you have two locations with over 80 employees. Um, you personally were born and raised here in Oregon, and I love it. You are a true family company. You have seven uh, employ- sorry, seven family members, um, yourself, your father, you have your sister, your brother-in-law, and two sons that are working at the plant. Uh, you are a true Oregonian uh, in every sense. You have you love the area, East Side and Clackamas. Um, you're a Portland State graduate, and it is a pleasure to have you here today, Lori. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So. I love family businesses. I love organizations that have been around for such a long period of time because you have seen so many things. And, and so for, for those who might not be familiar with Miles Fiberglass, can you tell people a little bit more about what you do? Sure. Um, we produce um, composite fiberglass parts for um, other OEMs. So we make the parts that go into other people's products, um, such as the Genie High Lift, um, all, all of the RV component parts that go on trailers or motorhomes, uh, industrial tanks. Um, we also do um, parts for SpaceX, and um, that's a new client. 
We also do like trench covers for the wastewater treatment facilities. So it's just a big variety of products and that's what kind of makes it fun for us. Absolutely. And so I, I'm interested right now, what, what is the, the biggest issue on your mind that you're dealing with? Well, we just moved into our new facility. We were going to combine two facilities into one. We moved in and we're already full in our wow. new facility, which is a great problem to have. But um, so it's finding space and then finding employees. We were looking to hire 14 employees currently. And um, it's just, it's hard to find um, people out there that want to learn and grow in a manufacturing environment. And um, once they come, they don't leave. We have employees that have been here for over 20 years. Wow. So. So you just mentioned, first of all, a couple of different things. For those who are listening and, and maybe interested in, in applying for a job, we'll, we'll talk about how to contact Miles Fiberglass at the end. So you, you had mentioned it is a challenge right now to find people who are interested. Who It's not as uh, common, right, where people are, are looking to be into manufacturing. So what happens when people don't have the skill sets? How, how, what do you all do to help make sure that they're going to fit into your culture well and actually be able to be effective? Well, we actually um, decided to do our own in-house training program. And we worked with OMAP and they, we developed a learn to earn. And it does all the training in-house. Every time you learn a new skill in, the, in our facility, you earn more pay. So as you can earn as much money as you want, as long as you're learning new skills, it makes it really great for us because you're very versatile. We can um, put you in a different area as the um, flow is needed. So it's a great program. It's been really good for us. That sounds like an awesome program. How long have you had this in place so far? Two years. <laughs> yeah, that worked really well. And so that's, so you, you can find those people that you can, who want to continue to learn. And I love that they will actually get more paid. Do you, do you, is, do you validate competency? Is, is there some way that they have to kind of prove out that they've learned a certain skill? Yeah, it's pretty um, sophisticated. We have a trainer, we have modules that they go through. And then at the end of their training, there's a um, test that they take that they pass and then they get the raise. So it's great. That is, uh, I love that. I love that. I love the, the element of it just, it truly is like true capitalism, almost like a piece, piecemeal work um, from years and years ago. That's how, but you have yep. designed it. So it adds on to their hourly pay, right? Yep. I yep. love that. I love that. So I've got to imagine you have seen, you know, your, you and yourself have, have been seen so many changes, you know, when, when a company is that old, you, you, you've gone through. When you think back to, well, the current COVID, of course, issue that we've all been dealing with, to the 2008 recession, to the 2000 recession, to who, who, you know, logging years ago, because you've been back in the early 80s here with Oregon, what, what has been the most challenging one to overcome from in your experience? I think that was uh, 2008 um, when the recession hit, it was so hard on us. We literally went down to like 12 employees. Wow. Um, we couldn't find any work to do. And it was a real struggle. Um, it's such a 
different from now where we have a lot of work and we're just trying to find employees and space and um, is different. This is much better than 2008 when it's harder to find work than it is to just deal with too much work. And it's, it's a fun problem to have actually. You had mentioned in, in the opening, we were describing Miles Fiberglass, that one of the areas that you're involved with is RV and recreation. Why has that been a benefit today from a market perspective? Why has that been growing? Well, it took a little bit of a dip for about two months. I think people were just trying to figure out, you know, what was going on with COVID. And then they realized you can't really fly anywhere. So I think people just started going out and buying RVs and trailers and just traveling on their own. And that market just really took an uptick for us and it's still growing quite rapidly. Yeah, these are, it's interesting, these type of trends, you know, that could be something that a little bit sustainable, right? When habits start changing and and I envision there'll be people for a long period of time that might feel uncomfortable, right? Flying on airplanes or things of that nature. And if this becomes a great alternative and it's good timing, right? That you're serving this um, uh, on a regular basis, but it, a lot different, as you mentioned, the 2008 where just people shut off the spigot and they weren't spending at all, right? Yeah. yeah. In fact, I talked to a gentleman and he bought his first um, trailer and only had it for about three months and then went back and traded it in for a bigger one because he was just so happy, you know, traveling around. So I think it might be here to stay. Wow. That is very interesting. Um, so I'm curious about, uh, you know, he, here you have all, all your different family members, right? That, that seven, seven employees, yeah. um, which is amazing. So tell me a little bit about when you were, were, starting out and and you're growing up and you're and your dad has this company and you're wanting to go off to school were you like planning to work there you know what 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 kind of coaxed you to stay with the family business well i was working at a um, athletic club which i thought was just the bomb you know that was really cool and everything but i did want to um, go to school so my father said well if you go to um if you come work for me full time I'll pay for your college. So I thought, well, I'll just do that till I graduate and then I'll, you know, go off and, you know, maybe work for another athletic club or something. But um, I fell in love with it so much that when it when I graduated, I, I stayed and I kind of tease them like that was planned, maybe, I don't know. But um, I just did really enjoy working and going to school at the same time because I could apply everything I was learning. You made a comment earlier that you've you didn't get any easy uh, parts, right? You you were treated like everybody else when you first started doing basics. So, did you really have that experience? Have you been able to do nearly every single part of the business as, as you've been growing up through it? Yeah, I have, and um, we all the family members have started at the bottom and worked their way up. Um, so, I started just, you know, in the office doing filing work, and then I went to payroll and payables. But I've even been on the floor shooting parts and um, learning what that's all about. Um, so, I feel like I've done a little bit of everything, and I think that's really helped too. Yeah, I, I, maybe you can expand on that a little bit more. Do, do you feel like when challenges or problems come up that you can be more of a resource and more understanding when people are explaining about challenges or? You know, or is it 
Is it not helpful because do you sometimes get caught that you want to end up solving it? You know, people sometimes go both ways with that. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like when I was in HR, I went out and actually made parts because I felt like when I interviewed them, I could relate and be able to tell them, you know, better what they're going to be doing and how, how it is doing that function. So I do feel like it's um, helped me out a lot just getting involved in all those different areas. So one of the questions, Lori, I always like to ask um, our guests is, so how do you measure success with, with Miles Fiberglass? And, and you can do that in terms of your clients or the firm. Um, what are some things that just, you know, what resonates in, in your, you in your organization feels comfortable about what's taking place? Well, I think the number one thing is how long and how happy our employees are working with us. Um, it, you know, the opportunity to learn and grow, and, and we like to offer um, certified composite technician courses. We have an endowment at the community college where they could do college classes, or they can, um, we have scholarships there for their children too. We just want to, you know, make sure that they're really happy where they're at and they belong to something bigger, um, you know, kind of a family atmosphere. So I think that's the number one measurement. Um, then the other is our margins. You know, how are our margins? Um, it's not just the volume of sales, but your margins that you're making on your sales so that you can, you know, enable to give, um, you know, bonuses, invest in more capital. and you know, donate back to the community. And then the last thing is um, being a family business. It would be like, you know, how is our family harmony and plan for succession to make sure the business continues to grow? And um, so it's important to have that we're all on the same page and have similar goals. And our succession is all determined the longevity of the business. So those are probably the three most important things. Those are, that, that's honestly one of the best answers I've heard uh, in doing these podcasts. I love it how you have these three key things. One, you started with the employees, which, which sounded like that was number one to you. Two, we got to make sure that we're selling our products at a certain margin so we can pay our employees, right? Pay ourselves and, and help it continue to invest in the company. And then the last part uh, is getting along, right? Finding harmony. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that and you laugh at that part, right? So that, that might be one of the most challenging. It, 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 but it's, it's impressive that you have so many, like it getting to that third generation, you mentioned, you know, we met, you have two, your sons now working at it. Um, how has their experience been? Have they been able to same thing, grow up and, and start learning about what's taking place and, and taking on um, more value added roles? Yeah, they haven't. It's really funny because when they were young, we would talk about business and they'd be like, don't talk about business anymore. And now it's them. They're the ones talking about business all the time. They're really, they're really into it. They love it. They ask questions. Um, and so it's really fun to see that they're really excited about it. And my husband works here too. So I think that for us, it's so hard to go home and turn it off and not talk about business, but we try and have our limits, you know, and, and keep things separate, but overall, we all enjoy it. So, you know, why, why not do what you enjoy? So. 
So that that leads me to heading you, you kind of perfectly dovetail. And I apologize if I didn't bring up that your husband, of course, is working the business as well. But how do you get unplugged from being the president of your business and, and your sons and your 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 sister and your brother-in-law and your dad? I mean, how do you I gotta imagine there's time to time you need a little break from that to 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 rest, or do you? Um, I'm curious, what do you do to help um, get unplugged? Well, I like to run. And so I get up every morning at five o'clock and I run and go for a run and it just releases everything, clears my mind for the day. Um, It's just a great way to release stress. And also at noon, I'll I'll go do uh, weightlifting, something that's away from the office. Um, I'll do walking or whatever just to clear my head and get away and get recharged. Uh, I think to a T, every single guest I've had on so far has some exercise program. I mean, it's been the one consistent thing. And, and every single one of them are, are CEOs, leaders, you know, they're people who are in charge of things. And um, I love that. I love it how you have this, you've created a habit, right, of, of making sure you get up uh, every day, you run and, and, and get uh, through that. So, I, I'm curious, and I don't know if you've thought of it in this question in a way, but how do you measure success in in your personal life? Uh, personally, um, I wonder, and I, I'm always striving to be happy where the company's going. And I'm always asking myself, you know, am I a good leader? Am I leading the business in a good way? Um, and am I good to the family? You know, that's always just always checking myself there. I think that's, that's how um, I would measure my personal success. And then, you know, have I secured myself with retirement? So I don't put a burden on the business and the third generation. I want to make sure that I don't need that, that I'm personally okay without relying on the business. So, and then, um, I think the last thing is, is my family happy and healthy? Um, I think health is one of the most important measurements because um, you can't buy health and you only have one shot at being healthy. So I do as much as I can to keep healthy and not a burden on someone else. And, um, and I always ask myself, does the family still like to get together and travel together and hang out together? And we, we do a lot of that as a family, you know, on a large scale, we'll, travel together. We'll go to um, conventions and stuff, but we always try and have fun too. So um, I just want to make sure that um, we keep that harmony and we keep wanting to do that. We still like each other at Thanksgiving. That is a great goal. I love that. I really do. Um, So one of the questions I always like to wrap up with is, you, uh, you mentioned you're a reader. That's something you obviously have found a way to build in, which is a very, once again, common uh, element of, of leaders that I, I talk with. What, do you have, what is like your favorite book you like to recommend? Um, I think my favorite book is Shoe Dog. Um, and it was written by Phil Knight. Um, I really like it because it's a, a true book on entrepreneurism. And it shows the, um, you know, gumption that it takes to run a business and all the ups and downs and just going through those ups and downs and what it takes to be dedicated to um, a business and, and be successful. 
Lori, that is a uh, awesome answer. That is one of my favorite books. I think I have in my my perhaps 10 top 15 books. I absolutely love it. I think what one of one of my friends growing up um, was actually mentioned Jim Gorman in the book. And oh. so it was it was kind of fun hearing his name, you know, because I remembered uh, going over to his house and I was like, wow, I had no idea his dad had such an impact um, on the early part of it. So uh, yeah, it's a super neat story. So we have been talking um, and, and been so excited, Lori, to um, have you here. Uh, you have Miles Fiberglass. Where can people learn more about you and perhaps get an opportunity for employment uh, looking at your company as well? Sure. Um, they can go to our website. It's um, www.milesfiberglass.com. Great. Perfect. Well, Lori, thank you so much for this. And, and thank you, everyone else, to listen to the Measure Success podcast. Wishing you the very best at measuring success. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.